The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. The holiday shopping season is here, so it's time for Bubble Genius's Can't Catch Me Gingerbread Man Soap. It's a big-ass gingerbread man soap that you can enjoy without going right to your thighs. Unless, of course, you're washing your thighs, that is. Scented with a yumalicious gingerbread fragrance, all the decorations are soap, too. And at almost five ounces, it should last you a good long time. Only $7 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B. B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z. You'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. China. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown, four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny f***ing K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of holes this side of the nuthouse. You're goofy. Don't piss me off, Art. Clark? It's over. Not according to Santa's watch, it isn't. Now, come on, son. Stay out of this, Dad. Clark, I think it's best if everyone just goes home before things get worse. Worse? How could they get any worse? Take a look around you, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. Merry Christmas. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. This is Governor Rick Perry. First Lady and I wish you and your family a blessed holiday season. <laughs> it is Tuesday, December 13, 2016, and this is the Bob and Chez Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, and that is Chez Pazienza sitting right over there. I just really cranked my microphone, but too loud. Oh, my God. Coming to you today from New York City. It is Chez Pazienza sitting right over there. I can't believe it. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can totally hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, just picture. Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Just picture. Just checking. <laughs> Well, thank you for penciling us in for a show today. That's the it's wrap day for us. It's the <laughs> last. This is the last day of the season. We uh, we go and shoot this afternoon, and by tonight we'll all be just completely face strong. Oh, fantastic! Hey, congratulations. Where's my applause here? There it is. I can't hear anything. Made it through a season. Oh. Let's see. Where's where's what? Is there something wrong with my sounds? Like right off the bat, where's Meatloaf? Yeah, see, there's something wrong with the sound. He's kind of low. What, what about this sound? Oh, that works that j- just fine, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. There's Meatloaf again, and where's our applause? There it is. Okay. All right, we're ready to go. Is Donald Trump ready to go? China. What about quiet Donald Trump? China. Okay. <laughs> I think wow. we're set. Uh, yeah, you missed that last week. I've got new sounds. Donald Trump saying loud China. China. And Donald Trump saying quiet China. China. <laughs> that bike's been so nice to like. I mean, I get that he's not far from where I am. Yeah, like I'm in the same city as. Have you, have you decided idiot. you should go down there? Yeah, right. No thanks. Just go down I've there. Trump avoided, Tower. I've avoided Trump Tower at all costs. <laughs> Kanye West is down there, don't you know? Kanye yep. West was there today. You know what? It's like it's sad because I want to write. 
I want to write decent stuff, but I just I can't. I can't. I can't, don't know. I don't know how to make this funny. I don't know yeah. how to make it anything but depressing. Yeah, it's really hard to make it's this funny. Just hallucinatory absurdism at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, all bets are off. Anything can happen from this point forward. I mean, literally anything can happen. I mean, we we might as well just bring this up at this point because it's uh, day thirty-five of the Trump di- Trump dictatorship. And I know I got the math wrong last week. I don't know what the hell my problem was. I was saying like day twenty-one or something last week. <laughs> wasn't even close day 35 oh god and what do we have this week in the uh donald trump tennis ball machine china not china no china was two days ago it seems like three weeks ago i can't keep track of all this crap anymore i'm gonna need like i actually said the other day i'm gonna get like a giant dry erase board and just keep it on the wall behind me. I got this big empty wall behind me. Might as well put it to use with a giant dry erase board where I can keep track of all of the items in the uh, Donald Trump tennis ball machine. And uh, I I think that's the only way I'm going to be able to do this. Continue on covering the Donald Trump administration. (sighs) But I mean, I think the the main thing we got to talk about today is this this Russia story, uh, which we've been talking about since July. Thank you very much. I mean, this has been an ongoing story. We called this. You, Chez, you and I called this back in July. This is the biggest story, um, even I think bigger than Watergate. The fact oh, that I think it's, I think this is infinitely bigger than Watergate. Yeah. And you know, this is it's it's baffling to me. And look, I've been working. You know, I've been trying. I've been trying specifically mm-hmm. trying not not to pay attention. Yeah, because it's so depressing. Because it's just shocking to me as somebody who grew up in the '80s that you have these these far right. The same kinds of people who I have to imagine were so pro-America and anti or would have been pro-America and anti-Russia, anti-Soviet, all of it back in the 80s are now just, oh, you know what? You're just sore losers. I love watching you get upset because Russia, you know, oh, that's all you got to cling to. <laughs> no, that's a huge fucking thing to cling to. Yeah, I mean, for God's sake. Russia threw the election. <sighs> yeah, of course they did. The, Russia installed Donald Trump as president of the United States. Yeah, Let's be perfectly clear Donald about this. Trump. I mean, and anyone on the Republican side who's complaining to us about furthering this story and talking about this story and beating it to death like it deserves to be beaten to death needs to shut the F up. You know why? You know what happened eight years ago? Remember eight years ago when Barack Obama was uh, in the midst of his transition? And uh, it was, in fact, I think it was after the inauguration where all the Republicans, well, maybe not every single last Republican, but a lot of Republicans. And I remember specifically people like Michelle Malkin and Rush Limbaugh making a big deal out of the fact that Barack Obama was appointing, quote unquote, czars. Remember the czars controversy? The press came up with czars as a shorthand for internal White House, you know, West Wing policy advisors, which had been the case going all the way back to the Reagan administration. But as soon as the press starts talking about czars being appointed to the White House, suddenly it was like a four alarm red scare. Like, oh, my God, here it comes. Here, here comes socialism, even though the czars were in power before. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly that's that's that was always my favorite sign. I know because some Tea Party idiot thought it was clever. More czars than the USSR. That's right. More czars. Like you really don't know your history, dumb. Fuck. Commie pinkos and and their czars. So in in 2008, it was the Republicans freaking out over the White House czars, making it seem as well. It's it's the creeping red scare. Here it comes. <laughs> China. We fast forward eight years 
And there's actually a series of stories in which the 17 heads of the various intelligence services inside the United States all agree that Russia tried to interfere in the U.S. elections. Now we have this brand new story that comes out Friday via the Washington Post and the CIA that they specifically wanted Donald Trump to win. This was to help Donald Trump. And I would like to emphasize the fact that the story was in the context of helping Donald Trump, which means that it doesn't matter who the Democrat would have been. It doesn't matter if the Democrat was Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders. They would have tried to elect Donald Trump. Why? Well, it's obvious. I mean, the reasons are obvious. They want a friendly uh, government inside the United States. They want a government they can manipulate. Yeah, they want a government they can manipulate, and they want to sow chaos. That's they right. want to bring down the United States. Yep. And the easiest way to do that is to install a puppet and to basically have him create chaos and have him ruin, have him ruin the United States as you know, basically the biggest, the, the one of the only superpowers left. And it's not just ruin. I mean, they can now, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this was sort of a, this was an invasion. This was like a silent coup uh, of some sort where, no, I agree. I mean, unless there's some sort of serious accountability here, how could we trust any future election? I mean, how will we know for sure that there wasn't some sort of Russian meddling or some other nation meddling in our election? You know, and I don't want to hear that, you know, we've been doing it to so many other nations for so many years that it's that come up and says finally do. That's no justification. Right. I know what we've done in the past. That doesn't mean that it makes it less egregious that Russia is doing it to us now. I mean, no matter what we've done in the past, we have a responsibility to stand up uh, for our democracy, for our democratic process. So don't give me yeah, well, that bullshit. Well, that's the thing. I thought about that. I'm like, what? This, this, this to me warrants a. I mean, genuinely, I'm sorry. It, it this warrants a do-over. But yeah. how? I mean, nobody's going to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's just the craziest thing. I mean, this is why this whole thing is this such. War, this warrants an invalidation of the election. I mean, in in fact, in the best case scenario, we would do we would do the vote again, which is what they do in other countries. If there's meddling with the election, they hold new elections. The problem, though, is that, I mean, I think even Democrats who are really full on and full throatedly uh, outraged about every detail of this and even maybe saying that the, the vote was rigged itself. I think those Democrats probably are still saying, well, I think there should be a transfer of power. I mean, the thing that I keep going back to is the fact that and I know this is and as we said at the top of the show, this is much bigger than Watergate. But the thing is after Watergate, Nixon was elected and he was inaugurated for a second term. And it actually took almost two years. It was actually a little over two years between the actual Watergate break-in and Trump, uh, not Trump. <laughs> See, that's, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start superposing Trump's name for every previous bad president. Um, it was two years until Nixon actually finally resigned. Right. So it, this is something that could take a while to fully uncover. But I do think that it's almost... Hmm. There's almost a poetic justice to the idea of Donald Trump being inaugurated, becoming president, and then utterly humiliated when the facts come out that, yes, indeed, he did collude with Vladimir Putin to leak information, to to hack into DNC servers, to hack John Podesta's email and to drip, drip, drip it out there via the useful idiots of WikiLeaks. <laughs> Talk about another group that's now decimated. I mean, how many people at this point are going to trust what WikiLeaks does? WikiLeaks is done. 
put a fork in WikiLeaks. They're no longer yeah, gonna be yeah, a f- WikiLeaks. <laughs> Seriously, f- them. So uh, they not only succeeded in influencing this election, but they did it specifically to support Donald Trump. Now, there are so many ramifications of this, it's hard to know exactly where to begin. I mean, first of all, what we also discovered is that that uh, a bipartisan group of senators, including at the behest of the White House, in fact, so you got the president, you got a bipartisan group of senators and congressional leadership, and they're hearing about all this information, especially the CIA story that we heard on Friday, um, which, of course, entails the specific Donald Trump angle to all of this. And so... Back in October, whatever it was, uh, they wanted to to come out in force in a bipartisan way. The the Democrats, led by the White House and congressional Republicans, to condemn what was going on. Now, the story did come out. I mean, there was part of the story, which is a reiteration of what we heard back in July, which is that Russia was involved in the hacking of the election. And then again in October, where we heard that there was, remember the story about the 17 heads of the uh, intelligence community verifying what was going on. And you know what else came out around the same time is the Access Hollywood tape. So we didn't really get the full impact of the story because of the timing of it. Because, of course, you know, we were all talking about the uh, the gate thing, the Access Hollywood tape. So that flummoxed that. It still amazes me. I mean, and again, I'm, I'm left. I, I do. Oh, know. And also, well, Mitch McConnell didn't want to release the information because he <laughs> thought it would be seen as partisan and, and right. skewing against Donald Trump. I, I don't. I'm not somebody who um, we've talked about this. I don't I'm not I'm not a proponent of, of conspiracy theories, but. Mm. I, you know, what I was going to say is I'm, I'm surprised that despite all of that, Hillary Clinton still really won. She won the popular <laughs> yeah. vote by a by a very wide margin. Um, but then I see that and then I start thinking, well, wait a minute. Like we've talked about why would Russia go through all this trouble and then just stop right there? Yeah, exactly. Stop on Election Day. Yep. I mean, I honestly, there needs to be a the most thorough investigation imaginable. And the problem is with Donald Trump as president, he can thwart that. He oh, can yeah, work to thwart that. And you're talking about a bunch of, you know, uh, morally and ethically bankrupt <laughs> who just want to stay in power. So yeah. while they say that they'll form a, you know, they, they, they shake their fist at Russia a little bit. Secretly, they're like, yeah, but we benefited from it. So we don't care. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, anything that happens at the congressional level is always going to be tainted by that. I mean, they're not going to go to the fullest extent because, of course, they, they don't want to do that. I mean, they could go that direction and end up with President Mike Pence. I mean, that's possible. But was Pence a co-conspirator? I mean, we don't know uh, how deep this went into the Trump inner circle. I mean, it's possible that it went quite deep. It's possible that Mike Pence was in on a phone call or two or that Mike Pence was clued in and didn't say anything, making him a conspirator, even a conspirator after the fact. I mean, so again, I'm not I'm just speculating here. I don't know. I have no information regarding Mike Pence's involvement. But now, as you know, I mean, who's third in line at this point for the presidency? Rex Tillerson. God, so, God so Mike Pence, so say Mike Pence is involved, uh, and uh, that leaves basically Paul Ryan, I guess would be second in line. So there's Trump. Let's get this straight. There's Trump, and he's already president. All right, let's go fast forward past January 20th. Trump is already president. First in line to succeed Donald Trump is Mike Pence. After that, Paul right. Ryan. After that, fucking Rex Tillerson. 
So say say you eliminate Mike Pence and Paul Ryan is a non-starter because it would be seen as sort of a congressional coup of the White House or whatever. However it is, it's seen and we skip over Paul Ryan. Third in line for the White House is a guy who's got b- bigger ties to Russia and Vladimir Putin than Donald yep. Trump does. <laughs> we'll talk about more about Rex how Tillerson get, coming up. How did we get here? This is how just did we get here. Someone termed it this way on television yesterday, and I forget exactly who it was. So forgive me by not giving credit where credit is due. But this was, oh, I know who it was. In fact, it was Nicole Wallace. Nicole Wallace on MSNBC said yesterday that the election, uh, November 8th, was a referendum on tradition. Among many other things, obviously, it wasn't just that. Right, of course. But but all of the things that we used to rely upon as systems and outlines and templates for how politics are supposed to work in the United States, all of that is out the door. People want, and, and there, was right. a, there was an amazing town hall on Chris Hayes last night on MSNBC where Chris Hayes had Bernie Sanders and then four uh, Trump supporters in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And one of the Trump supporters was like, yeah, I mean, everything he's doing right now during the transition is great. Well, why is that? Well, because he's stirring things up. Jesus so Christ. so this is, I mean, this is why we're here. I think we're here because people think that this is just another normal election, that Donald Trump is going to be just another normal president, that, but he's going to do. Staggering. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that is just, I can't process that. Yeah. This is so obviously different. And again, and this comes down to that thing that we've talked about more than once, which is I I, I can't look at this and say, all right, look, I, I see how completely fucked up this is. <laughs> yeah. And yet so many people across the nation see nothing unusual in this. Yeah. They and really I can't don't fathom that. They really don't. Are we that dumb? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, we, we really are. are. I mean, that's the answer to that is yes. I mean, the the, the key component, of course, the, the big elephant in the room. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take a short break, and I want to come back to the elephant in the room, the 4,000-pound idiotic gorilla in the room in the entire Russia story. This is the thing that no one is talking about. This is the angle to the story that isn't being covered because it's just all we're hearing about is Trump, Russia, CIA, hacking. We're hearing Podesta, DNC emails, and so forth. But there's one component it's like, here. It's like one of the- word clouds it's like a word cloud right and the biggest element in the word cloud hasn't even been talked about and i think we should talk about it but but before we do you know it's so it's so weird talking about all of the disasters happening in politics right now and then also talking about the holidays at the same time I mean, we do have to take a break. We do have to do something to cheer us up. And I think one of the things that cheers me up the most is the, the holiday food. And and it's this time of year when I just go bananas and, and all bets are off with dieting or any special foods that I eat. I just eat anything in sight, but it has to be damn good. And one of the best things to eat during the holiday season are Sherry's Berries. The countdown is on. Christmas and Hanukkah are just about 10 days away. Oh, my God. But it's easy to please this holiday season with gifts for everyone at Sherry's Berries. First, please yourself by taking the stress of shopping. Get rid of that. And please everyone on your list. Get get something great for everyone without even starting your car. We've tasted Sherry's Berries more than once and love them. My mom raves about the ones uh, I've sent to her. Sherry's Berries are huge, fresh, sweet, and juicy. Sherry's Berries are, in a word, decadent. Dipped in chocolate coatings of milk. Dark or white chocolate topped with swizzles, chopped nuts, or chocolatey chips. 
irresistible and perfect for sharing and entertaining. Not just berries, Sherry's now has delicious seasonal treats, and they arrive on the day you choose, fresh and on time, guaranteed. And because you listen to The Bob and Chez Show, you can give, give these treats starting at $19.99. As one of our listeners, you save over 30%. Just go to the upper right corner of berries.com, enter the code R-E-L-M. That's Realm. Write this down. Promo code R-E-L-M next to the microphone icon. That's Sherry's, that's, sorry, berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S, and use the code R-E-L-M. Even with time running out, you'll find something for everyone and give valuable support to uh, the Bob and Chess Show and the Realm Network. Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, so the uh, the big elephant in the room, go figure, stupid people. I mean, it's that simple. Stupid people. I mean, the, the key to Putin's plan is that <laughs> we need to get stupid people to be influenced by what we're doing. So you have the, uh, you have the news media who decided to report uncritically on everything that WikiLeaks released. Right. Uh, you know, via Guccifer, via Russian intelligence services, funneled through WikiLeaks, and then the American news media says, hey, well, why don't we just publish this? Because it's awesome, and we're going to make it seem <sighs> like the worst thing in the world, and that Hillary Clinton's a terrible person, and that uh, both sides are equally evil and sinister, and they're all doing the same things, aren't they? But they're not, see, because... I mean, and this is obviously something that we're never going to hear from the traditional uh, news media in the United States, certainly not from cable news, that uh, that what was it now? 62 million Trump voters plus the entire American news media to a certain extent, whichever factions of the news media were reporting on these stories, the Podesta emails, DNC hack and so forth, all played for suckers. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, just idiots. And, and that's again, that's what the plan depended on. You're Vladimir Putin. You want to influence the elections. What you do is you take advantage of the people who are most uh, susceptible to something like that. That's reporters desperate for a story, desperate for a big bombshell during a big contentious election and people who will just easily lap it up and buy it. I think I think what really shocks me most about that. No, it doesn't shock me because uh, in a way it was so it was so brilliant because. Putin's Russia has done this in, in various countries before. You know, we were obviously the biggest gambit. Mm -hmm. But what he does is he finds an amazing way to turn our to, to turn what he doesn't like about us against us. Yeah. And you know what? You know, remember the days when George Bush used to say, you know what, they hate us for our freedom. <laughs> he right. took he took our free press. He took our uh, uh Basically, he took everything that we are as Americans and, and just basically played us like a fucking fiddle. Oh, he totally did. He knew exactly what to do. His people knew yeah. exactly what to do, exactly how to influence us. I mean, the timing was just right for this plan. I mean, it's like everything sort of lined up. It's a perfect storm, as they say. Because, I mean, you have someone in Donald Trump who Vladimir Putin can rely upon as a useful idiot or as an ally inside the White House or someone, quite frankly, who just be blackmailed and manipulated. Because don't forget, there were RNC emails that were also hacked that they haven't released. Right. So now they've got this blackmail material. So you have Donald Trump in place and you have an American public 
that is ready to vote for someone like Donald Trump. You just need to give him a good reason. You need to give him a push over the edge. And that was this. That was this series of stories. And then you combine that with the Comey letter 10 days before. You know, uh, Nate Silver has been studying this because, of course, Nate Silver's like, oh, my God. Nate Silver's just doing damage control at this point. Because, you know, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm going to have a really hard time looking at any of the polling aggregators next time around. You're no, not, you're not gonna they can all be they can all be wrong. Everything they can again, all be wrong. It, yes. it's, that, it's that piece you wrote uh, a while back where everything that we know, everything we had any kind of faith in has been upended. And so what Nate's been doing is damage control in order to win people like me back a little bit. And so he's been looking at the numbers post Comey. And while, yeah, if you remember uh, Trump's uh, numbers were actually improving slowly, but then the Comey letter gave them a like a hyperspeed uh, uh, boost where they started improving precipitously. I mean, they started getting rapidly better and better and better. You know what's interesting? This is kind of an aside here. Um, I was thinking about it because obviously, you know, the, the Washington Post and the New York Times broke the big Russia story. And you you mentioned earlier that uh, that this is bigger than Watergate. And I agree. Um, but the the modern press has been so sidelined and demonized. And now, especially with Trump, who's just like, I could just ignore them and I'll go on YouTube or go on Twitter. And that's how I'll how I'll speak to the public mm-hmm. um, that I can't help but wonder, you know, I mean, these two bombshells came out and there are people saying like like it's damaging, but it's not this is going to bring everything to a halt the way that Watergate did. And I think that's because, again, years ago, there was, even if you didn't like the press, there was faith that what they were reporting was for the most part true. You may not have been happy with their political bent or whatever, but when the Washington Post said, look, Watergate, everybody went, Yeah, exactly. Now, I genuinely think, and this is something that that I think we've learned over over the certainly over the past several years, that the way to escape scandal is to just not accept it. You know, I mean, people just go, well, I just don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And and it's amazing to me how much of reality relies on that relies on you just uh, relies on you giving in to, to truth oh, to yeah. the facts as opposed to just saying no nah, it i don't accept that and now they've got Cause a pot because that's what i think would happen i think well trump's already doing it trump's just basically saying you know oh the dishonest press and he's saying no that's nothing i mean i don't think i don't think there's a scandal in the world that could bring him down if he's not willing to accept that it's a scandal if he's not willing to have any shame over it and he has no Shame. No, and it's it's even worse than that. What he's doing is calling into question the veracity of the intelligence community, right? Um, which is which, astonishing to me. It's it's yeah, because it's both. What it does is it helps his people with their talking points. So it basically, says that all the Trump people, all the Trump supporters and loyalists, can run around repeating what Donald Trump says. What it also does uh, on the downside is it gives uh, <laughs> it gives the CIA and the intelligence community uh, maybe something to think about. Maybe it's a little something to think about. Maybe uh, this guy isn't going to be friendly to uh, to what what's happening at the CIA. Maybe the CIA needs to throw its weight around by maybe leaking some things about Donald Trump, maybe leaking some further information. If there's any emails or text messages or phone records or anything like that of Donald Trump calling uh, someone uh, in Russia, maybe it's not directly Vladimir Putin. Yeah, maybe it's not I, I some, think you're right. I think and I think that's why the maybe it's a middleman. Um, yeah, I think that's why the the uh, 
um, Access Hollywood tape was so damaging mm-hmm. is that it was unavoidable. There was no way for him to brush it off. That's right. Uh, it was right there in your face. And I think that, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's something that we're going to need. I think that in some ways it's going to make journalists do their job better because they're going to have to dig deeper and look for more. But it still sucks because, you you know, even when you present actual facts and say, look, this is this is the fucking, this is the truth. This is the re- this is the reality. People mm-hmm. just go. Yeah, whatever. What's people? You know, again, what what, what it, says who? Says, <laughs> says who? who? <laughs> exactly. That is that is the official. That is the mantra of this entire campaign. I yep. I couldn't believe when we saw that we laughed at it, but I I just I didn't I didn't process it that how seminal that was, how important yeah. it was to the entire Donald Trump campaign and Donald Trump as a person, his philosophy, which is just says who? Why do I have to do this? Why oh, yeah. do I have to accept that that's reality? And the other element of the perfect storm is the prevalence of fake news. So now what you have on top of everything else, you have a susceptible uh, electorate, you have a complicit news media, you have a favorable candidate running for president, and you also have the rise of Internet propaganda. You've got fake news, you've got uh, you've got ideologically bent stories presented as real, you've got all kinds of crazy things going on that actually throws into doubt all of the reporting that's happening. Plus, you've got uh, people like Alex Jones, who are releasing their own list of f- fake news websites and publications, and they're all like the most legitimate news sites. So everything is thrown into chaos. There's no getting through. You know, and so therefore hacking Podesta's emails, hacking the DNC emails, and then actually the news coming out after the election that that Russia actually did this. Russia tried to interfere with the election. Russia tried to help Donald Trump win the election. And Russia may have interfered more deeply than that. We don't know yet. And so in that regard, all of those things, all of the factors that made that such a great story also make it a great story after the fact. It gives there are lots of outs. There are lots of excuses to use. If you're a Trump supporter, you can come up with any variety of things, you know, even down to like Charles Krauthammer the other day on Fox News Channel. It was was yesterday on Fox News Channel talking about how ironic it is that the Democrats are condemning the, the Russians. Because there's always the Democrats who were defending the Russians. Although I think that's bullshit. I think that's a, a, a generalization that doesn't always bear out. It's but madness, uh, man. but God, and then you then you've got Trump going to war basically against the intelligence community and the CIA. I mean, the statement is this not pure Kellyanne Conway? By the way, this is Kellyanne Conway, just a brain fart from her, and then put into into a printed form. the The Trump statement about the uh, Washington Post story. These are the same people right there. That phrase right there. These are the same people. You see that on the Internet all day long, every day, every comment section. You'll see someone saying, but these are the same people who said. And this is this is the the official statement from the Trump transition. uh, Basically, Kellyanne Conway. These are the same people that said Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. So they're not only poking the, uh, the CIA in the face. But they're also poking the Bush administration and everyone linked to the Bush administration. They, uh, the statement continues on. The election ended a long time ago in one of the biggest electoral college victories in history. That's right. a big lie. That's a great big lie. Of course it is. Something, how, how many? There's been f- something like 58 presidential elections. Donald Trump's electoral college total ranked about number 45 on that list. 
<laughs> nowhere near the top. Nowhere near right, the biggest. But, but again, it doesn't. Donald Trump controls his own reality, creates his own reality. Yeah, yeah. And plus, he lost the the popular vote by uh, almost three million votes. <laughs> biggest electoral college victory in history. You know, we are. I, I keep posting this on on Twitter. This is kind of a tangent, but I can, every time Donald Trump tweets something. I, I respond by saying R.I.P. and then in quotes being presidential like th- that. The whole yeah. idea of being presidential dead, dead. Oh, yeah, of course. The word landslide now also dead. Sure. Yeah. All of this is meaningless. Words have no meaning. Yeah. Uh, beliefs have no meaning. None of this is, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's I think that this is one of the reasons why, you know, I've, I've made this comment before. But look, I've been I've been producing television lately. Mm hmm. And there's there's been something soothing about it, as stre- as stressful as it is, because when everything that you believe in, when there's just nothing to hold on to anymore, and everything is pure fucking madness, it's just a vortex of lunacy. Mm-hmm. Then honestly, there, you know, it's not there's there's no way I can I can pound my fist and scream at the world, or there's you know there's no one I can I can uh, I can argue with logically and try to uh, change their opinion. This this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And and we did this to ourselves. You know, yeah. Russia, Russia, of course. Uh, um, you know, Russia, of course, pushed. I, I agree with you that they installed Trump, but at the same time, I mean, we allowed it to happen. We mm-hmm. just don't give a crap. And that's just it. That's the worst part about all of this is ultimately this is being met with. Eh, you know, it's yep. like, like I mean, even Barack Obama, I watched this, this morning, I watched a little bit of his interview with The Daily Show, and uh, it was about 22 minutes long online. I don't know how long it was on the show, or if it's, right. it's going to be on the show tonight, I don't know. But uh, regardless, I watched this video, and even the, I mean, the president, of course, is the president. I mean, Barack Obama is no drama Obama, so of course he's not going to run around the room with his hair on fire. But it just seemed like it was just being downplayed. Like, you know what? All they did was hack some emails. And uh, and, and while this is a big problem, it's not any problem that should change the, the outcome of the election. Because already, I mean, they're saying because of the recounts and everything like that. But, of course, you know, even you look at the recounts and the recount. How are they going to count uh, precincts with electronic voting machines? There's no paper trail for these things. How do they recount those? And and that those are the states, the, the precincts that Hillary Clinton uh, lost uncharacteristically all had electronic voting machines without paper trails. So, I mean, how do you effectively audit any of that crap? There's just there's such there's there's just a rot in America now. I, I agree with something that I, I think you, you know, you alluded to and I've heard others talk about it uh, a couple of weeks back, uh, you know, that Trump's presidency is without a doubt. I mean, we, we, we're seeing it now. It hasn't, this, he hasn't even taken the oath of office. No, no. It is going to be so unprecedentedly corrupt yeah. with, with the tennis ball machine coming at us every single day of new oh, things, God, yeah. of little things and big things and huge things that I don't think we're, I mean, we, he already proved during his campaign that when it comes at you that fast, no one knows how to deal with it. Yeah. It's so overwhelming. You just kind of throw your hands up. I, you know, I nearly uh, had an anxiety attack watching hardball last night. And I'll tell you what, what was going on in hardball. Well, I normally do that every time Matthews opens his mouth. <laughs> but I mean, they were actually, he had some, this was actually a pretty good hardball where he had some foreign policy experts on and some intelligence community experts on, and they were all sort of gaming out where this goes, where this leads with, uh, with of course, China! Uh, and North Korea and Russia 
and all of that. I'm going to go into that uh, <laughs> a little bit after we take a uh, another break. But the scary, scary, scary stuff. Even though it does involve the typo dong, <laughs> but even with the hilarity of the typo dong <laughs> missiles, it's still horrendously scary. Uh, short break. Back with more show after this. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support the Bob and Chez show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it: go to BobSeska.com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as usual. You go shopping. We get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. And if you run a small business and source your materials from Amazon, make sure to use the link for all your purchases. And don't forget to bookmark it. Thanks so much for supporting the show and our Amazon link. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. China. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Okay, the second half of today's show is brought to you by Amazon Prime. Go to bobseska.com right now. Find the Amazon Prime banners and links are all over the goddamn place. Click on that banner on the podcast page and sign up for a free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime. Get free two-day shipping right on time for the holidays. Enjoy popular movies and TV episodes, plus unlimited music streaming, free unlimited photo storage, and 30-minute early access to select Amazon Lightning deals. And with the Amazon link, make sure to do all your holiday shopping through that link. It's just beneath the logo at bobseska.com, and we get a small commission from everything you buy. Thank you for supporting that in advance, and uh, we really, really appreciate it. Okay, so moving along here. Um, so I was watching Hardball uh, last night, and they had some foreign policy experts on talking about the the entire Trump, China, Taiwan, Putin, North Korea vortex. Now this is really bad. I mean, this is I mean, you had. Okay, I just want to preface this by saying there was a uh, one Trump supporter on with uh, Bernie Sanders and, and Chris Hayes last night, and they were talking about how uh, Trump is stirring things up. I mentioned this before. You know, but th- that's all nice if you don't know the finer points of foreign policy and what exactly happened between uh, China and Taiwan. And so knowing that Donald Trump is already pissing off China, that means that um, we have very few options when it comes to containing North Korea. Now, say North Korea decides because they're North Korea and they're kind of whacked. And they decide, well, Donald Trump's in office now, and he's already pissed off, really pissed off. China. So what we're going to do is we're going to lob a uh, Typo Dong missile. Maybe it's a low-yield nuclear missile, but it'd be a nuclear missile nevertheless. We're going to lob one of those over onto uh, Seoul. We're just going to hit Seoul, South Korea, with a nuclear missile. What exactly is uh, Trump going to do without the support of China, which is helping us to contain North Korea? Who the goddamn hell knows? I mean, that's the, the whole ball game could be right there. The entire uh, uh, precipitating element to World War III occurs with North Korea deciding, ah, you know what, Trump's crazy and we don't know what he's going to do, but he certainly isn't a friend of China, so we're just going to we're gonna bomb uh, Seoul, which is easy for North Korea to do. Yeah. You know, and then we have... We have Russia's support, I guess, maybe, who knows? It's very possible that Putin could just turn on Trump and not support Trump at all, leaving the United States to dangle in the wind on North Korea. But what you need to contain North Korea 
is you need the the unilateral the the full throated support of China, uh, Russia, uh, of course Japan, uh, and 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 you need to contain that nation because it's a rogue nation and they've got nuclear weapons and and that is that. But instead, Trump goes off and willy nilly pisses off China. So that's where we are. <laughs> Terrifying Lovely. stuff. Meanwhile, okay, imagine now the Russia hacking story. The Russia hacking story also involved a hack of the RNC, possibly Trump staffers' email addresses. So, Vladimir Putin now has blackmail material on the Trump administration and the Republican Party. Do you think for a second the Republican Party and the Trump administration do do a goddamn thing if Russia decides to invade God knows who? They start to install uh, uh, nuclear missiles in uh, in Eastern Europe again. Well, God only knows what Vladimir Putin is going to do. I mean, one of the reasons Vladimir Putin didn't want to support Hillary Clinton and wanted instead Donald Trump is because Hillary Clinton supported the no-fly zone in Syria. And right. what is what is Vladimir Putin ensconced in right now? Vladimir Putin's ensconced in showing his big to the rest of the world. So while you have Ukraine and you have Crimea, there's also Syria where Russia is currently flying sorties over Aleppo. And if it had been Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton would have said, no, no, you're not going to do this. And thus a woman is sticking a finger in the eye of Vladimir Putin, which Putin would never have. Yeah. So now he's got Donald Trump and he can do whatever the hell he wants in Syria with Donald Trump's support. Because of course... Putin's got uh, the Trump administration and the Republican Party, uh, you know, <laughs> he's got them by the short hairs, as they say. Yep. Meanwhile, Donald Trump thinks he's a smart person, so therefore he doesn't oh need to God. take his intelligence briefings. Yeah, that's just that's hysterical. <laughs> what my first reaction was this, like, you know, maybe this is just me with my bias about Trump. But regardless, Donald Trump, I think at a certain point, conflated intelligence as in like the central intelligence agents intelligence briefings conflated the word intelligence in that context with smartness yeah i know probably he's 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 a genuine moron he's not right at all here's donald trump being asked about his intelligence briefings uh, on fox news sunday the other day you are getting the presidential daily brief yes only once a week well, I, I get it when I need it. But is it if there's no, some skepticism? No, I, first of all, he gets it when he needs it. How does he know when he needs it? How do you know when you need an intelligence brief? How does he personally know? Well, today might be a good day. I, I'll get you know an why intelligence he doesn't brief. want to get it daily? Because he's fucking lazy. He's lazy. It's the same That's thing right. I've said. I've been saying this about him for for more than he well over a year now. Yeah. He is fucking lazy. He is a feckless piece of shit. <laughs> That's right completely he doesn't want to do the work he wants to sit in trump tower and collect money and that's mm-hmm. it he wants to be the most powerful well the second most powerful man in the uh in the world considering that he's you know putin's puppet no puppet no puppet you're the puppet the no puppet States, no puppet and it's pretty clear you're the puppet. god damn it yeah and he's the puppet he's the puppet and he's lazy he's a lazy son of a bitch and uh, he doesn't think he should uh, take the briefings every day because uh, he's a smart person. He's like he's like a smart person. You know, I'm like a smart person. I don't have to be told the same thing and the same words every single day for the next eight years. Could be eight years, but eight years. I don't need that. But I do say if something should change, let us know. Now, in the meantime, my generals are great, are being briefed. And Mike Pence is being briefed. 
who is, by the way, one of my very good decisions. He's terrific. <laughs> he's going to throw it in there. Tool. All he's got to say about Mike Pence is he was a very good decision. Very, very terrific. Very tremendous. I'm only going to hear intelligence briefings if there's something tremendous in there. Only tremendous briefings. I don't want ordinary briefings. I have the <laughs> best briefings. I have the best briefings. They're big, beautiful briefings. Horrible. Horrible. Now, I know, I understand the fact that um, most presidents don't take every single daily briefing. They sometimes will take it in printed form and then read it. Uh, and sometimes they'll end up skipping it if there's nothing new that they need to be privy of. You know, but Donald Trump is a complete novice. I mean, this is rank amateur time in the White House, or soon to be White House. He needs to be taking every single briefing he can get. I mean, he needs to be having briefings on the content of the Constitution. Uh, needs to take briefings on how a bill becomes a law. How do you appoint a Supreme Court justice? How the judicial right. system works. <laughs> you know, things like that. The important things. Instead, this morning, he's meeting with Kanye West. Right? He, had, he was supposed to have a press conference. Remember, he was supposed to have a press conference to talk about his uh, financial uh, conflicts of interest to try to head off the emoluments problem uh, at the pass. Uh, maybe even electoral college problem. Instead, he meets with Kanye West, you know, because he's so busy, too too busy to do the news briefing. So cancels the news briefing. Instead, takes that time with Kanye West. This is a big F. You know what this is? Big F you to the press. Big F you yep. for reporting on the CIA story. So F you. We're not having a press conference today. You have to find out for yourself. You're going to have to wait and wait till next month. Wait till after the electoral college votes. No, 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 I'm going to start talking about my financial problems. Again, we're through the looking glass. Nothing that we knew as being standard for presidential transitions or incoming, uh, incoming administrations. None of that crap matters anymore. Polls don't matter. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. <laughs> These are the same people that said Saddam Hussein had weapons of master. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. All right. We're going to talk about uh, maybe uh, Alex Jones here in a second. There's just a weird phenomenon occurring on the oh. Alex Jones. I don't have any Alex Jones audio today, thank God. But, uh, but God, Alex Jones' reaction to the CIA uh, Russia oh, story. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, well, look, you know, I, I, I'll, say, I'll say it already before we even get into it, because we've talked about it before. Yeah. The things he's willing to believe versus the things he's not willing to believe. I know. It's amazing. It really is. He's willing to believe uh, things spoken to him. I, basically, the last person who's spoken to him—that's what he believes, because he's got no core values. Right. I've been but saying something, but something real, yeah. an actual, you know, and that's just a conspiracy theory. Oh, totally. He's, he's a fucking lunatic. Yeah, it's really crazy. We're really through the looking glass now. Short break. Uh, we're gonna wrap up the show right after these words. Wow, great party! Thanks. Hey, uh, where's, where's the bathroom? Down the hall, second door on the left. Jesus Christ! Yes? Oh my God. What's the matter? You've got some f***ed up going on in your bathroom. Are Billy Kelly having sex in there again? I told him to use the bedroom. No, man, there's some glowy baby. Oh, that's my glow with God baby Jesus soap on a rope from Bubble Genius. It smells like baby powder. Dude, it was speaking to me with angels singing 
Uh-huh. You had one of those brownies in the kitchen, didn't you? Cleanliness is next to godliness at Bubble Genius. The Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. China! Presented by BubbleGenius.com. <laughs> All right, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us and thank you for supporting the show at Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Really, really appreciate that. All right, so moving along here. Uh, let's see. So Rex Tillerson is going to be the Secretary of State if he gets confirmed. A little thought experiment for you, Chess. Okay, so you're a Republic, you're a Democratic senator from the great state of California, and you're the deciding vote as to whether or not Rex Tillerson gets confirmed or whether he's filibustered. Uh, someone from the Donald Trump administration, let's say it's Kellyanne Conway, the Minister of Propaganda, comes to you and says, "Okay, uh, Senator Pazienza, going to cut a deal with you if." You refuse to filibuster Rex Tillerson's confirmation. If you refuse to block Rex Tillerson's confirmation, we will not sign any Obamacare repeal laws. Do you take the deal? Do you trade Obamacare for Rex Tillerson? Say, you can have Rex Tillerson Trump, but we don't repeal Obamacare. Is is that a deal you take? Well, considering that it's coming from the Trump administration, my first reaction would be that it's a trap. That he's <laughs> going to do it anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Exactly right. That's exactly my thought. Exactly. You can't right. take anything that they say at face value. No deals Donald Trump puts right. on the table are valid. Yeah. Yeah. That's. It's all bull. He's. He'll. He'll renege on it. Yeah. He'll, to- he'll totally renege. So you refuse to filibuster Rex Tillerson, and Donald Trump go ahead goes ahead and signs a uh, Obamacare repeal anyway. Right. And you're screwed. Everyone, you know, that's just the thing. This is going back to uh, the Russia story real quick. Suckers. They're a bunch of suckers. I'm watching these uh, Trump voters on the uh, Chris Hayes, Bernie Sanders town hall last night. I'm going, you suckers, you idiots. There was one guy who stood up and said that he was he and his wife. This is an, an older guy. I don't think he's a retiree. I think his wife is retired. His wife is past uh, 65 years old, and, and, re- and he said receiving Social Security, which means she's also receiving Medicare. But he said they're spending 40% of their income on health insurance. 40%. That's, out, that's insane. He's, doing, he's clearly doing something wrong. Because if, then if his wife is on Medicare, why should she have to? I mean, she might have to pay for some sort of supplemental insurance, like Medicare Advantage or something like that, which a lot of people do. But it's not that much more. You're not if you're spending 40 percent of your income, there is some serious glitch in how you have signed up for health insurance. And he by the way, he didn't say whether or not he was signed up through through Obamacare. But these are just what this is all to say that there's just a lot of stupidity out there. Just rank stupidity. And, And the people who bought into these Podesta emails took everything at face value. And that includes a list members of the press were taken for a goddamn ride by Vladimir Putin. Sure. Just completely played. So uh, one of the people who's being completely stoned, uh, snowed, not stoned, well, maybe stoned, <laughs> who's being completely snowed by all of this is Alex Jones, of course. And Alex Jones, 
um, is, uh, as we all know, a Trump supporter, maybe one of Trump's most loyal supporters. Alex Jones is so bizarre. I mean, this must be really weird to be inside the Alex Jones InfoWars universe right now because for the first time ever, this guy is uh, faced with the prospects of a friendly Trump government running the White House and running one-third of the American government. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing because Jones is like the voice of the paranoid. He's, vo- he's the voice of the disenfranchised against the globalists, against the Illuminati, against the American government, who is actively uh, exercising uh, weather weapons and chemtrails and all kinds of terrible things, uh, poisoned juice boxes that are turning our, our young boys gay in the United it's States. Insane. This is Alex Jones, who's now got to support full-throatedly every action by the government. It's like, does he realize or has he addressed on his show the fact that Donald Trump is now going to be in charge of the weather weapons and chemtrails? I mean, I don't think he's actually considered that. Have his people, and of course, his people don't give a shit because his people are all gullible morons. So they're going to buy anything. Oh, I guess now it's not, it's not going to be Trump and the government that's going to do the chemtrails. It'll be the globalists elsewhere. Some sort of invisible threat, (laughs) you know, but Alex Jones actually said this about the CIA Russia story yesterday, flacking for Donald Trump on Twitter. This went out from Alex Jones's account. I don't know if it was written by Alex Jones, might have been or could have been a staffer. But regardless, the line is so completely ironic. Here's Alex Jones's tweet. Absolutely no evidence has been produced to substantiate the conspiracy theory. About and he's calling the <laughs> conspiracy theory the Russia that is, that story is from Alex Jones, the guy who says that lizard people, shape shifting lizard people, control the UN <laughs> without any evidence. Right? There's never any evidence for what we live in a world of madness. These people need to have their plugs pulled. Exactly. Honestly, they re- they really do. I'm. It's not even a matter of gatekeepers anymore. Yeah. I'm. I'm starting to become against free speech. <laughs> I, and I never was. I was always like, you know what? The, I like it. I like it being. You know what? I like it being ugly. But when people are able to have there's nothing wrong with with free speech, but mm. but each person having the ability to broadcast that speech yeah. to millions, that's mm-hmm. the issue. You can say whatever the fuck you want if you stand on a street corner. That's fine. You know, but kind of like kind of like the framers couldn't have had the imagination to appreciate that at some point there would be a weapon that would fire 32 rounds per second. Yeah. You know, yeah. they can't. They couldn't have fathomed that one day this free speech experiment would mean that anyone can say anything to everyone. And if you try, like I I wrote a salon piece in which I hypothesized uh, about uh, possibly having some sort of uh, truth patrols, having some sort of uh, bipartisan group of, of experts deciding what publications are accurate and which which publications are fake, which publications shouldn't be trusted. And even that was met with, oh, my God, you're censoring. You're censoring people. Like, uh, no, 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 I'm not. Not at all. In fact, I'm just I'm looking. There's a difference between real and not real. Yeah. This is not a regulatory body. This body won't put anybody out of business unless, you know, there's some sort of really horrendous group of liars putting out fake news and they they get called out. But there's they're they're not going to be able to say, well, by law, you can't say what you're saying. That's not the point. The point is just to inform the public as sort of a uh, the next step in fact checking. That's all we're talking about. But of course, that's not that's never going to happen. Never, ever going to happen. 
So, uh, I mean, we're so far beyond being tethered to reality anymore. And, it, you know, it's really hard. I know this is a really cheerful show. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's really hard to, uh, to fully grasp what's going to happen on January 20th. After the inauguration, even during the inauguration, God only knows what's going to happen during the inauguration. I can't even imagine this guy's inaugural address. Trump's first inaugural, words I never thought I'd ever express publicly or privately or even think about. But after that, it's like right now, here's the metaphor that I can best describe where we are. We're all collectively standing around under a gigantic piano that's being held by dental floss. And I feel like after January 20th, that piano, that that dental floss begins to uh, fray. And that, the whole, you got to understand, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And that's what's so terrifying about this. I mean, North Korea, China, Putin, the economy, Obamacare, conflicts of interest, impeachment, possible war, possible terrorist attacks, all precipitated because we have an incompetent incoming chief executive. It's not like Barack Obama, who'd been around the block. Don't even make, don't even dare to me or Chez or anyone else, don't even dare to make that comparison. Like, oh, bro, Obama didn't have experience. Jeez. Trump is is so... I mean, God, we didn't even get to the Newsweek story. This is the big bombshell in Newsweek by Kurt Eichenwald. How the president of Turkey can already be blackmailing Donald Trump. But Donald Trump is just a big blackmail problem waiting to happen. This is Federalist 68, electors. Federalist 68. Read it. Foreign influence. That's what it was meant to block. All right. Postmortem's coming up next. Patreon.com slash Bob and Jesse over there, folks. Bye-bye. China.